Hello, and welcome to the Faith on Fire podcast, where faith comes alive and connects with everyday life. You're watching episode five, and in this episode, we have a special guest on today with us, and it's uh, David O'Gorman. We'd like to welcome you to the Thank show. Thank you. Uh, we're so happy to have you here. And uh, oh, yeah, and you happen to be Oriel's dad. Yeah. <laughs> and so uh, another family connection here on the show. This is the second one here. I'm starting to notice a pattern, Oriel. Uh, so uh, I might have to get some of my family over here definitely the i think to, that's next nice. yeah know, balance it out a little bit but uh, we're glad glad to have you on today and uh our, you know we've been talking lately about um about well we started out with guilt and then mm -hmm. last week we shared the story of the prodigal son and we've been talking about coming to christ by faith and really in humility and uh, humbling ourselves before god and repenting and inviting folks uh, to do that, to come to God through Jesus Christ. And uh, we know that, uh, you know, this is something that happened in your life personally, mm -hmm. right? Yes, it definitely And did. so uh, Dave is going to share with us here his life story. It's, it's a very interesting story, I think, about how he came to Christ and how much his life has changed and what he's doing today. So would you like to just give us your testimony? Right. Thank you, Stephen Oriel. I'm glad to be here today. Uh, to talk about really what God has done in my, my life. I was raised in Ireland, uh, raised in a very traditional home. Uh, I'm 62 years old, well not quite 62, I'll be 62 years old in a week. And so I was raised in a totally different Ireland than the Ireland that we're living in today. And um, as I was raised, I was raised Catholic. In fact, if you had asked me when I was a small child uh, what the religion of the world was, I, I, I believed everybody was Catholic because that's all I knew. That's all that was around me. And um, I did have an interest in God at a very young age. And I can remember really my first spiritual thought would have been... Uh, Whatever had happened in school, and I went to a convent school, the nun school, for the first three years of my schooling, whatever had happened in school and whatever they had been spoken about, I remember going to bed and feeling, I don't want to go to hell. Hmm. And I remember getting up in tears and coming down to my mother and telling her, I don't want to go to hell. And my mother told me uh, what a mother in her position would say. She said, if you're good, you won't go to hell. And well, I knew I couldn't be good. Mm. I knew that was a disaster. There was no way I was going to mm. uh, be good. And, mm. I, and I, went to, I went back to bed feeling hopeless. There was no way uh, mm. that I could be good enough to get to heaven. Well, fast forward on in life, went through school, Christian Brothers School, got a good education, I have to say, uh, as far as all that's concerned. And about the age of 14, my, my family were devout. We went to Mass every Sunday and, uh, and did all the rest of the, uh, the, the religious things that we were supposed to do. But at the age of 14, though, I began to ask myself, did I really believe all this? Was this really for me? And as I thought about it and, and, and looked at it, I knew it wasn't. I knew I wasn't engaging. It wasn't real for me. I wasn't actually, uh, it, it wasn't, I knew there was a God and I should know God, but this wasn't helping me in any way uh, to get to know him. And so as soon as my parents would let me, I stopped going to mass and stopped doing all the things. Uh, as far as religion is concerned. Yeah. And then I met my wife when I was 16. And she was Church of Ireland, which was very strange uh, in Ireland uh, to me anyway, to my, from my background. But she was Church of Ireland. But we had this in common, that she felt exactly the same way as I did about God, that her religion wasn't doing it for her, and that uh, she wanted to know God, but that wasn't the way to know God. Mm -hmm. And... 
So what we did was we began to, to search. And in those days in Dublin, you had uh, all kinds of religions advertising their wares on O'Connell Street. And we would go in and we would talk to everybody. We, were, we went in, we talked to the JWs. We, uh, we, we, we did transcendental meditation. Mm-hmm. Uh, we went to uh, Buddhist meetings. We went to all kinds of meetings. But again, found, mm-hmm. found nothing that would just, this was it. Mm-hmm. And so uh, we kind of gave up. I certainly gave up and uh, started a business. Uh, we got married, uh, began a family, and I had my my life's goals in mind. I wanted to retire when I was 40. I wanted to have uh, made a lot of money by then and be living the good life by then. That, that was the plan. Yeah. And But then we had children. We had Oriel, and then we had his sister All Zoe. The fl- plans fell apart. <laughs> <laughs> Kids tend like to. I can see it. Thanks, <laughs> Steve. Yeah. Kids tend to do that to you. But uh, my wife began to be very burdened. Val began to be very burdened about uh, teaching the children about God. That was fine for us. We were we were doing nothing. But when you had children, kind of you had a responsibility. the The problem was that we couldn't teach our children about a God we didn't know ourselves. Mm. And so the whole thing started again, and we started it uh, going from church to church, different churches, different denominations, trying to find some way that we could know God. Now, I have to say at this point that I was doing the good family thing. I really wasn't all that interested. If it was good for the kids and good for the family, I thought, you know what, Uh, let's do it. But I didn't want anything that was going to disturb my life too much. I didn't want anything that was going to make changes mm-hmm. in my life. Well, <clears throat> we landed uh, in a little Baptist church. I'll tell you more about that story as, uh, later on. Uh, and the gospel was preached. Mm-hmm. And after several times attending that church, Val told me she was now saved. And I thought, oh, no. I knew this was going to be trouble. Yeah, I knew yeah. somehow <laughs> that this was going to be a, something that would just change our lives, and I didn't want that. But she was saved. She was full of uh, joy. She was thrilled. And she wanted me to get saved, too. I didn't mm. want to get saved. I didn't mm-hmm. want nothing to do with this thing. I just, I just wanted to live my life and enjoy it the way I had planned. And the... Uh, the the pastor of that church began to come around to our house, Bob Zemeski, and he began to explain to us, uh, to me, uh, how I needed to be saved and how Jesus Christ had come and he had died for the sins of the world and that uh, everybody needed this uh, salvation and that uh, as a sinner, I needed it. We would disagree on that point because I knew I wasn't perfect. But I was a good man. I was a good family man. I was decent and honest in my business. And there was no way that God uh, would take and send someone like me to hell. And he would come and talk to me. And uh, he later told me in desperation one night, uh, he, he came thinking he was never going to get through to this knuckleheaded Irishman. Right? <laughs> and uh, he left me some photocopied sheets, just questions and answers <clears throat> about Christianity. And as I went through the sheets, uh, I remember going through the sheets and coming to a section on the commandments. And it was very straightforward. It would ask you the question, uh, state the commandment first and then ask you the question, had you ever broken it? And I went down through them and it came to, thou shalt not bear false witness. And the question was, have you ever told a lie? Well, I was in business. Hmm. You know, uh, you were late with an order and you made a phone call and you told a little white lie to get yourself out of a sticky situation. But that was no harm. Uh, surely that was just a white lie. Uh, that was not a big deal. 
But the Spirit of God wasn't buying into that. Mm. And I began mm. to be convicted about the fact that I was lying. And when that conviction went in, it began to be much more than just lying in my life. Uh, it came to the place where I was actually... Um, there, there was much more wrong in my life than that. Mm. Mm. And for the first time in my life, I realized this, that Jesus had died for the sins of David O'Gorman. I'd always known that he died for the sins of the world, but, but it had never been personal. And for the first time in my life, it was that he had paid the price for my sin. And the second thought that hit me was this, that if I rejected what he was offering, uh, he would have no option uh, but to uh, send me to hell. Mm. And when I realized mm. that, the truth hit pretty hard, mm. and I knew there was no way out of this thing. Now, in all honesty... I still didn't want to get saved because I knew I was going to have to, first of all, let my wife be right. Uh, <laughs> oh, that's a hard one. <laughs> and I knew also that it was going to have a huge impact on our lives. But then I also knew that if I didn't, hmm. uh, there was no way I was going to go to heaven when I died. So that night, I knelt beside my bed and I asked the Lord to save me. And he did. Hmm. And he changed my life. Uh, one funny part of it was I, I I didn't tell my wife. I went to bed. I went to sleep because I was up early in the morning. And the next day I phoned her and I said to her, look, uh, I need to meet you. i got something to say to you. So uh, I said, we'll meet in McDonald's. And it was McDonald's in Nutgrove. And I remember she came in uh, to McDonald's and I said, no, you're not supposed you, I don't want you to embarrass me. But <clears throat> when I told her that what had happened, that I had gotten saved, that I had trusted Christ, uh, she embarrassed the life out of me. <laughs> <and McDonald's. laughs> All right. <clears throat> but... Uh, there was such a joy in our home then. Mm. We knew we were going to heaven. I had never known mm. that it was possible to know you were going to heaven. Mm. Uh, that that y whatever happened in life, mm -hmm. you know, whether I made my fortune or not, didn't really matter now. I was going to heaven. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, it seemed like the most important piece of the jigsaw puzzle had just been put in place. Mm. And everything was, uh, was different. There was a new joy. And mm. there was also this wonderful thought you know, that I, I had never known that you could be saved just by trusting what Jesus did. And I realized so many people around me have never heard this message. Mm -hmm. And so we wanted them to know. So we started talking to people about yeah, it. Yeah. We started telling people uh, about the fact that uh, Jesus had died for them too and they wanted them to be saved. And it wasn't long after that till uh, the Lord... <clears throat> effectively spoke to me and said uh, that he, he was going to call me to be a preacher. And so we, we went to college. And when we were finishing up in college, uh, it turned out that the pastor of LifeGate Baptist Church, the church we got saved in, was leaving. And uh, the church called uh, me as the pastor of that church. And that's 28 years ago now. Wow. Yeah. And we've been there ever since. And uh, it's been exciting what God has been doing. Mm -hmm. But uh, th that's really, to, in a nutshell, uh, how we came to know the Lord and how we came to uh, be in the position that we're in mm -hmm. today. Thank you, Dad, for sharing the story um, of how you came to Christ. And of course, it's very meaningful to me because your journey with yeah. Christ has had an impact on my life, you know, through the years. And I can remember going to LifeGate Baptist Church when I was a kid and hearing the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ explained on a kid's level. And that was um, exciting. And it was your journey had an impact on my eventual coming to Christ, you know. Um, but I, I wanted to ask you a few questions because really 
what I love about dad's story, Steve, is that here is a guy, very ordinary, you know, middle-class guy in Dublin um, in the 80s. He's going about his life and God steps into his life oh, it, and yeah. makes uh, a dramatic difference, like quite quickly, really, as well. And um, it's a story I think a lot of us can identify, you know, mm -hmm. with. And um, so I did want to ask you, um, you grew up in the Dublin of the 60s and 70s. Mm -hmm. What was the attitude towards the Catholic Church? Um, not really just the Catholic Church, but just religion in general. And how do you think that's different now? Well, Ireland was a much more conservative country. In fact, it's it's hard to imagine the Ireland that, that I grew up in now because yeah. it's changed so completely since that time. Mm. And there was a much greater God consciousness, but it was in this sense that there was a fear of God and mm. not in a good sense. Oftentimes yeah. there was yeah. a fear of God and there was a fear of religion and there, there was there was an oppressiveness uh, in people's lives and a, uh, a feeling that they had to do their duty yeah. Um, yeah. and that they were they were kind of bound to this thing. So very different from uh, the Ireland that you see uh, today. And the Catholic Church was the final word. On all things spiritual, yeah. uh, in people's lives during that time. Mm -hmm. Wow! Yeah. Um, also wanted to ask. Um, you mentioned that you wanted to know God, and that you like, like many people around you in that time, you believed there was a God, but you felt you wanted to know Him. Um, what alternative to religion, as you knew it, or what did you imagine that a that sort of relationship with God, to know God, as you put it, would look like? Well, as a, as a child, there was, it was religion. The, mm. the religion I knew that was the only thing uh, that, that yeah. would, would teach you to know, to know God. And it was a very austere... Mm. Um, I, I suppose if I were to put a picture on it, uh, it would be a God with flowing robes and a long white beard uh, who sat on a throne... Mm. And uh, his main objective in life for me as a child was that uh, he, he wanted to stop everybody having fun. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, he, just, he, he, just, he was just against fun of any kind. Rather a grim view. Yeah. Really. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty grim view. Now, I'm not saying anybody told me that view. That was just the view yes. that was in my mind. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Joy. Can I ask something along yeah. those lines? Uh, you know, you, you used the phrase um, getting saved and your wife had gotten saved and you... You thought, oh, no. Um, I'm just wondering how early on uh, did you uh, perceive uh, what's, what salvation was? Had you heard that term before? What did it mean to you? Did you think that a person had to be saved in order to know God and go to heaven? Or did that come on much later after you got into the Bible study? Well, I had never heard the term until I actually, my wife actually... Uh, got saved. Oh, wow. Okay. Now, I never heard that term. Um, I, when I say that I wanted to know God, mm. I wasn't sure who God was. Yeah. And so y you can't be sure what, what it means to know somebody. I just yeah. wanted to know there had to be a creator. Yeah. There was, this was way too complex mm -hmm. uh, for it not to be. And uh, I wanted to know him, and it was, it, was, it was a wide open thing as far as that was concerned. It wasn't until somebody could take the Bible and show me from the Bible how this God said yeah. that you were to know him. 
huh. that it actually right. made any sense to me, whatever. And that the term saved simply means that I've come to the place where I stopped trusting in David O'Gorman as being a good person yeah. to get himself yeah. to heaven. And I started trusting in what Jesus Christ did on the cross mm. to, to, to save me, that it was uh, a different world completely for me. Mm. I, I think that's a hard concept for people to understand. Mm -hmm. to be saved. I remember even as a kid growing up in a Christian home, I had a hard time explaining to people what it meant to be saved Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. until mm -hmm. I was saved myself. You yeah. almost don't really understand it until it happens to you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I suppose what I noticed really was the changes that came in my life so quickly. Huh. Before I was saved, my wife had asked me to read the Bible. She wanted me to be saved, obviously. She was going to heaven, and she could tell me that she was going to heaven, and, and, and I didn't know Jesus as my Savior. I was going to hell. Now, yeah. And that was a huge rift between a, a, a very close couple. Yeah. It's kind of mm. as big a rift as you can get between yeah. two people. Yeah. And um, so, so, she's, so she's wanting me to read the Bible. So I'm reading the Bible, but it's like a dictionary. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's just, it makes no sense. I mean, it's just heavy going. I'm trying to do it for yeah. her sake, but it's heavy going. But... Literally, I trusted Jesus Christ as my Savior one night, and the next day, I came home from work to read the Bible, and it's it came alive. Yeah. Wow. It, yeah. it was it was a different book. It was God speaking mm -hmm. to me. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Uh, it, it was a, it was it became like a love letter where, where God was speaking to me, and it's been that way ever since. Yeah. <clears throat> you know the, the the fact that you, um, that God speaks to you through His Word, and you get to know Him, and it's a, it's the joy of a lifetime. Yeah. Yeah, you know the, what started off as a child with a blank page. Who is this God? I, yeah. I, I'd like to know him. Comes to the place where he's actually revealing himself to you through his word, and you can actually come to know who this God is. Mm -hmm. And uh, wow. very exciting days. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Wow. How, how were there any other ways that you noticed change, and particularly like in your relationships and your family, your your work life? How did you notice God beginning to change your life? Well, you began to have a, a burden to see other people understand yeah. exactly mm -hmm. what, what had happened to you because it's, I mean, it's, it's a free salvation in the sense that it's for absolutely everybody. Yes. Mm -hmm. Jesus died to pay for the sins of the world. Anybody can have it. Mm -hmm. And you, so you mm -hmm. wanted to talk to people. You wanted to tell people in work. You yeah. wanted to tell your family. And um, again, uh, they kind of reacted. And I, I, at this stage, I have to look back and think, well, you know, that's just the way you reacted. They were kind of, oh, no. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. They're kind of pushing this up, but nonetheless, I mean, you did uh, start talking to people and telling people about it, and and some people responded very well. Yeah, yeah. I was speaking to a guy just last night that recently came to Christ near where we live, you know, and like that, he said he's so excited because he said my life is changing. Like he says, I want to read the Bible. He said things that I used to do that really weren't right. I just have no interest in yeah. them anymore, and. I, like it's not like oh I can't do that it's like I don't want to you know and it's just the those exciting yeah. first steps of experiencing that knowing God in a personal way you know it's yeah very it's exciting yeah. and there were things that were problems in my life or, or potential problems in my life that yeah. were just I didn't have any interest in them anymore they were gone yeah. they were finished yeah. mm -hmm. and it wasn't it wasn't me giving them up yeah the desire to do them was gone yeah, it was just yeah. over. It was finished mm -hmm. because I had something much better in my life now. Mm -hmm. uh, this relationship with with God was a much sweeter thing than than the things that used to preoccupy me before that. Yeah, yeah. I love how you mention in your story that 
your the beginning of you becoming a church leader and working as a pastor was really a desire to tell everyone else the message that you had discovered. You, I, I think you said, I never knew that you could know that you were forgiven by simply trusting what Jesus did mm. on the cross. Like that was just, that was like headline news in your life you yes, know, yeah, yeah. at that time. Could you ever have imagined growing up when you were 15 or 16 and you were choosing to leave the church as you knew it, that you would end up a pastor of a Baptist church? <laughs> Not in my wildest dreams or, or my worst nightmares, maybe. <laughs> um, the, the last thing I ever wanted to do, humanly speaking, was stand before people and speak to them. Yeah. And yet God did a work in my heart that, that changed all that. And, and it wasn't without its kind of uh, its fears and its terrors, but yeah. uh, it, it was something that God did rather than I was doing. I was incapable of doing it. God did it. Yeah, yeah. Completely. I was just thinking for our viewers, you know, I, what, I'm, what I'm picking up from this is uh, something I've known to be true in my life too, but that the Bible, I'm sorry, salvation puts new desires in your heart. Really, it's the Holy Spirit. It's God mm -hmm. who changes your life and puts new desires in your life. And somebody on the outside looking in goes, how can you do that? How can yeah. you be like that? Yeah. And, uh, you know, you were saying uh, a person might say, um, you know, I don't want to give up this or that in my life. And the, the thing about, you know, coming to Christ and coming to know God is he puts those desires in your heart. You're not forced to do things that you don't want to yeah. do. You're yeah. not living a life of servitude where you don't want to do these things. You do want to please God. Mm -hmm. You do want to do good things because God has put those desires in your heart. Mm -hmm. That's what you've been sharing over and over, I think, in your testimony. It's, yeah. it's an interesting point. I put it like this for people, <clears throat> that you know, when somebody gets married, they're, they're, they're not crying about all the relationships they're giving up. They're so yeah. excited that they've got this relationship and they want to be married and they want to be with this person right. yeah. all their lives. And that's what salvation is. Salvation is not a giving up. Mm -hmm. Salvation is a gaining Christ and it is the, the joy of anyone's life yeah. to actually enter into that relationship. Mm -hmm. yeah. mm -hmm. You've been serving God as a pastor, you're saying, for 28 years now, which is, that's amazing, you know. Um, yeah. Over the years, uh, what well, First of all, what does your work look like? You know, what what are, are things are you involved in? Okay, well, it's very different now with a coronavirus lockdown. <laughs> Everything has changed completely. <laughs> but um, we have a church in Tala, and um, we have services on a Wednesday, services on a Sunday. We have an addictions ministry, and I speak in the addictions ministry uh, too. And so... The, the, I suppose that the, the major part of my ministry is actually speaking, preparing to preach and, and mm -hmm. preaching and dealing with people's needs and reaching out to people. Yeah. Still the heart to see other people come to know Jesus Christ as their mm -hmm. saviors. And mm -hmm. much of ministry now for all of us is uh, uh, live streaming, is digital. It's going out in the, in the, on the internet. And, and um, we thank the Lord for the ability to do that now on this day and get Absolutely. the message out. Yeah, uh, in so many different ways. Yeah, hmm. are you finding that people are still responding to that simple message of the gospel that they can know they're forgiven? Yes, there are <laughs> always people that respond, and the thing about it is that not everybody responds. Yeah, but there are always a people who respond. There are always those people who come sweetly into that relationship, and you see the miracle happen over and over again. 
mm-hmm. in a ministry where people come to know Christ as their saviour and their lives are changed mm-hmm. and everything is different for them. And it's it's the joy of any pastor, it's the joy of anybody involved in ministry yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. to see people come to Christ mm-hmm. yeah. as saviour. I think probably many of our viewers can identify with you, you know, as a 20-something young man with a, a business, you know, in, in 1986 in Ireland and their life is full of they're busy they're 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 trying mm-hmm. to get ahead and you know make a good living and and looking forward to someday retiring you know and um i think it's a it's a, an amazing story of how um someone like that who thinks my jesus is not for me religion is not for me can understand that a relationship with god is maybe different to what i've seen of religion that this yes. is something real this is a relationship with god and um, that's exciting. You know, yeah, for and, and that is a good point. That you see, the thing that I walked away from as a child was religion, mm. a mm. list of do's and don'ts and things that I was supposed to do, things I wasn't supposed to do, with no real life in it. But when I came to know Jesus Christ as Savior, mm-hmm. that was a relationship with a real living being. Yeah, and yeah. that relationship is is a two way street with him giving much more than I do, yeah. Yeah. and not the feeling of I have to do and do and do, uh, the feeling of I want him. Yeah. So things in my life that don't please him, I don't want in my life. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's a, it's a completely different mm-hmm. thing. This idea of a relationship rather than religion. Yeah, it's quite different to religion as we may know yeah. it. Yeah. Where Very it's a different. system of do's and don'ts, it, it's it's totally different. It's like it's like looking at you know, it's a different perspective on yeah. life and, and a relationship with God. One more question, and thank you so much for for joining us and, and uh, letting us grill you after you've shared your story. You know? <laughs> <laughs> but I, I did want to ask you, you know, you've worked with many people over the years. Um, you talked about as you contemplated asking Jesus to save you. One thing that held you back maybe was my wife. I'll have to admit my wife is right, you know, <laughs> but also that you, you feared God will change my life if I make this decision. Do you think what are common things in 2020 for people in Ireland that might make them hesitate from making that decision to, to be saved, to trust Jesus? Well, I think probably the prime thing, and it really was there for me, and it's there for <laughs> most people, is uh, pride. We don't want to admit yeah. that we're wrong. Hmm. We, we don't want to. Right. We don't want to yeah. admit that we need, and yeah. we want to run our own lives. Yeah. And even though we may not be very successful on the outside, sometimes it's very successful. But inside, we know it's it's not not that yeah. successful. And it's yeah. our pride when we hear the gospel that keeps us uh, from from giving in to Jesus. Yeah. I suppose yeah. Yeah. is the answer. But if we will just give in to Him. And see what's on the other side of it. See that relationship. It changes everything. Mm. And we've not given up anything. We've, we've gained uh, mm-hmm. so much in that. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you again for joining us. Um, it's been really great to hear your story. I think people will have enjoyed uh, listening to it as well. I did want to give you this just as a thank you. This is an official Faith on Fire mug. These are not available in your local news Priceless. agent. Okay. Priceless. Um, they're not even available online yet. Okay. But we want to give you one of those right. as a thank you for, thank you very for much. joining us. Very rare. Thank you, Steve. Very rare. Indeed. Gift yes. there.
You've been watching the Faith on Fire good, yeah. video podcast. And again, we're thankful that David O'Gorman, my dad, uh, could join us and share his story. Uh, we encourage you to check out uh, the podcast on our different uh, platforms on YouTube, as well as on Facebook, uh, and also the audio edition on Spotify and on Apple Podcasts. And we hope that you're enjoying. If you have some questions about what you've heard today, we would just love to answer those questions. So shoot us a, a comment in the comment section on Facebook, um, either on the Navin Baptist Fellowship or on the Faith on Fire Facebook page. Also, you can email us at info at faithonfireireland.net and we would love to help you in any way that we can. Thank you so much for watching.